Well, good morning, everyone. How are you guys doing today? It's good to see you. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Is that loud? Sorry. I just had a big old cup of water. Got some. Hey, if it's your first time to be here today, I'm glad you're here. Hopefully, God has blessed you and, and you enjoy yourself while you're here. We like to say something at, at Faith Go Church. Nobody should ever do. Nobody should ever do life alone. That's why you have a church, so you have a family. And at Faith Co. Church, we've considered this our family. If you're not connected, and I'll talk more about this later, but if you're not connected, man, get to be part of a church, whether it's here or whether it's somewhere else. Be a part of the body of Christ. As uh, Nicole was saying, we're continuing a series called With Honor. And uh, I think it's important that we, we discuss this. I, I don't think we talk enough about honor in our culture today. Try to put a definition on on the last couple of messages. If you think about honor, honor is, if you define it, <clears throat> it's how you treat somebody. You hold somebody in high esteem, you respect them. But if you're a person that possesses honor, that's a person of moral character. That's a person of integrity. Well, we want to live according to honor. A lot of times we don't. A lot of times we don't, we don't pursue it. If you don't pursue honor in your life, what happens a lot of times is, is we experience something that I call displaced honor. And that's when you pursue or you honor the wrong traits in your life. We don't, we actually dishonor or we honor dishonorable things, if you will. We, we, we pursue the wrong things to honor. For example, displaced honor, that's when you honor talent over character. Displaced honor, that's where you honor beauty over integrity. Dishonorable thing or the dishonorable over the honorable displaced honor that's where you honor desire and pleasure over discipline and spiritual growth displaced honor is where you honor beauty of youth over the wisdom of the experienced and I want to live honorably don't you and I want to pursue honor with my life I want to understand things and pursue things worth honoring with my life so let's let's dig deep into this today as we continue this series with honor let me pray heavenly father thank you for bringing us here today Speak to us today as we step into this message. May it bring about change. May it bring to remembrance the importance of honoring our God in Christ's name. And everybody said, look at your neighbor and say, I hope you learned something today. I'm going to challenge this just a little bit. In 1 Peter 2 and 11, that's kind of the tag verse, our go-to verse every single week. It says this, dear friends, I warn you. As temporary residents and foreigners, uh, 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 Peter's saying this. He says, this world is not our home. We're only passengers. That's what he's saying. He says, I warn you to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God. Why are we even talking about honor? Why are we spending a few weeks talking about this? And I'm reviewing with this. Number one, we talked about this last week. For future generations, I believe over the last few decades, we've lost our value. We've changed our value system, and there's been, there's been this de-emphasis on honor. So I believe that we're raising generations of, of young people that don't understand or really don't care anything about honor. That's one reason we're talking about it. Another reason we're talking about it is to understand the power of such a concept. 
that we live for and we serve a God that desires us to honor him so he can bless our lives. So it's, it's not about behavior modification. It's not just about so, so you learn how to treat each other or to honor honorable things. It's also the fact that God wants to do some things in your life as you begin to understand and display honorable traits in your life. So there's a blessing behind it. And third is because how we live matters. Your life and how you live matters, not only to you, but to people that are looking in from the outside, looking in at the church, looking in at what it is to be a Christian. As he said here, he says, he says, be careful how you live in front of non-believers. Be careful because how we live matters and people are making decisions about whether or not they're going to follow Christ based on how they view your life. So that's why we want to live and discuss honor. There are specific areas in Scripture that the Bible talks about that we are to display and to honor. First of all, we talked about governing authorities. That, that even if we don't agree with, with how our government is run, that, that's, that's, that's not the issue here. I don't have to agree with someone in order to honor a system. Are you with me? I don't always have to agree. I don't agree with everything that happens in politics or whatever. I don't always agree with our authorities, but I don't have to agree with someone. I just, the Bible tells me that I am to honor. Last week we talked about parents, honoring our parents, and it says the commandment. It's it's one of the Ten Commandments that we are to honor our father and our mother. And that commandment is tied to a promise that God will bless us and we will live long on the earth. And today, and for the rest of the series... I'm going to be discussing honoring God. And I believe that this message is going to be, in this series of messages, this is a three-part message, if you will, honoring God. It's going to be a game changer for many people. But when we talk about honoring God, it's not so much about, well, actually, it's more than honoring the deity of God, his divineness, his godship, if you will. It's, it's that, but it's so much more. When we talk about honoring God, we're talking about honoring the kingdom of God. Honoring what God feels is important. Honoring the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is an expression that is used about 61 times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus uses this term many times. It's, inter, it's interchangeable with the kingdom of heaven. But the kingdom of God is God's plan, God's cause for his people his church, and the world that, that takes place in this present time and also in the world to come. So let me say that again. The kingdom of God is God's plans, his cause for his people, his church, and the world for the present time and for the time to come. Am I clear about that, what the kingdom of God is? So that is God's kingdom's cause, if you will. So when I talk about honoring God, to honor God, you honor God through honor his, honoring his kingdom's cause. It's not just honoring the deity of God, but also honoring the kingdom of God. So in the kingdom of God, let me say this, the kingdom of God is God's, as I said before, his plan, his cause, and his purpose. And God's purpose, God's kingdom's cause, is fulfilled on earth through his church. You see where I'm going with this. So when we honor God, it's not just about honoring the God himself. It's honoring what God has planned for the world, his kingdom. And what God does, is, as I'm going to read to you, is God fulfills his kingdom's cause through the local church. At Faithco, 
We think it's important to be a part of his church. It's important to honor his church by being a part of it, give to it, serve to it, pray for it, support it with your time and with your resources. And at Faith Co. Church, we believe that the local church, as is said before, we believe the local church is the hope of the world. In fact, I believe that the local church is the greatest agent for good in the world today. I want to say that again. I believe that the local church is the greatest agent for good in the world today. Nothing else on the planet is doing so much good in the world as the church is. And nothing else has the potential to do so much good throughout the world than the local church. The local church, the church, is one of our values at Faith Co. Church. It isn't just a place we go. It isn't a place we go. It is who we are. That's the way we say it here. Church isn't where we go. It is who we are. We are are the church. Say that. We are the church. Look at your neighbor and say, you are the church. We are the church. We are not passive. We are not casual about our relationship with this church. We are passionate about fulfilling the mission that our Lord has given to us through the church. If your Bible is true, and I believe with all of my heart that your Bible is true, and if the Bible is true, then our mission is critical. And there's too much work to be done and too little time for us to be playing patty cake church in our, in our culture today. There is a world that needs the hope of Jesus to be taught and brought to them. And we have been chosen. We have been called. We have been empowered. We have been equipped. We have been commissioned to go and take the gospel to a dying, hurting, lost people of this world. We are the church. If you believe that, say amen. Yeah, go ahead. Give God glory. In Ephesians 2 and 20, it says this, together, that's us, together, we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. You hear me talk much about being connected being connected to the body of Christ because we are carefully joined together. We are becoming something that God is trying to do. And it's much bigger than we can understand, I believe. It's much bigger and much much greater than anything that we can comprehend. God has something as you being connected to the, to the church. God has something great for you as we understand what the church is. God has something much bigger in store for us. In Ephesians 3 and 10, it says, God's purpose And all of this, let me read it again. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom and his rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. God's purpose. God has a plan and a purpose that he fulfills through his kingdom and through the church. And the purpose was to display the wisdom of in its rich variety to all of the unseen world. Now, a lot of what we do through the church is to the seen world. You see all the good that the church does. You see what we do in the ministry and the serving and all these things that happens in the seen world. But God has a plan that goes much beyond that in the unseen world. That there is a spiritual battle that takes place every single day. There, there are demons and there are angels and there are things in the unseen world that God gets glory through the church. There's so much that happens that we don't see. As you connect to the body of Christ, 
As you are a part of the church, God does something and in, in this world and that God does something in the unseen universe. And he displays it through the church. There's more here than meets the eye. God wants to show off his church to the world, to the seen and to the unseen world. So honoring God is about honoring his church. And here's what it looks like from the scripture. Let's talk about, first of all, honoring the church is, first of all, honoring his house. And this is, this is where I'm landing today. This is the only part of honoring the church that I'm going to talk about. There's two more that I'm going to be talked about in the next few weeks. But let's talk about honoring the house. Now, we are the church, but he also has a house. And it's not unlike your home. If you think about it, your home is for your family. Your home is your sanctuary. And the church is our place. We have this hashtag that we put on our social media that says, this is home. We take pictures of you and we take pictures of your family. We take pictures of things that are happening throughout the the, the foyer and through the kids' ministry. And we always tag it like, this is home, because we want to remind people that, that they have a home. Everybody needs a home church. You believe that? Say yes. Everybody needs a home church. This is our home. Do you know that our church is our home? It's a place, first of all, where we belong. It's a place where we belong. We're all part of each other, and we miss you when you're not here. I know that that life is busy, and it takes us to different places on the weekends, but we miss you when you're not here, and we're happy when you're here. Isn't it nice that when you walk into the foyer to recognize people who know and love you, isn't it nice when when you walk in and people say, hey, it's you, It's, it's good to see you. Isn't it nice to be recognized? That's the way home feels. Home is a place where we gather as a family, all ages, doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Every now and then, maybe your kids are grown. Every now and then, it's nice to bring everybody home. My kids come home about twice a week. Today is a very special day for our home and our house. It's a place where we're going to gather and we're going to mow the yard. <laughs> it's too much for one person. You get the weed eater, you get the, the push mower. I'm going to be riding the lawnmower. We're going to mow the yard as a team effort. It's a place that, that we gather for this purpose today. I don't know. Home is also a place where we celebrate. Holidays are, it's all about home, it's all about family. If you think about it, without home, celebration, holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's not the same. I mean, think about it for a second. Hey, next Christmas, December the 25th, we're all going to get up very, very early at 8 a.m. And we've rented the play place at McDonald's. We're going to have Christmas there. It's going to be exciting, said nobody ever, Right? That doesn't feel like home. It's not the same kind. Celebration is all about home. Home is a place where you can eat. You know, home is a place where you're fed. There's nothing better than a home-cooked meal. Amen? I mean, depends on who's cooking at your house. But usually, there's nothing better than a home-cooked meal. I mean, if you think about it, that's, that's, that's one of the things that we enjoy. There's nothing better than breaking bread together with people that you love all around you at the table. Do you know that right now in this moment, we're experiencing spiritual nourishment and we're being fed. There is this transference that, that, God, that takes place that God has, has destined that happens through the church. And I know that this is not the only place where you're spiritually fed. Hopefully you have a quiet time where you read scripture, where you pray and God speaks to you through the, through the scripture. But God does something special above and beyond that here too. That God has designed that as we gather, as we come together and we worship, and as 
the word is expressed as it is read, as it is taught. God will do something even more in your life. Have you experienced that? That, that yes, you've been praying about something. Yes, you, you read the word and God begins to move through your life, through your quiet time. But have you experienced coming to church and God actually speaking to you through the speaking of the word and through the preaching of the word? Has that happened to you before? It happens to me. And I preach the word. As I'm, as I'm putting the message together, I know that God is going to speak to somebody. It's where we are spiritually fed. That's home. Everybody needs a house and a home. I believe that we don't talk enough about honoring his house. I think we say that a lot, that we are the church. The house is not, the, the, the church is not the four walls. But I don't think we talk enough about honoring his house. I, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when we we're building this place, and before the sheetrock was on, and before all this stage was built, you guys remember that time that we came in here and we wrote on the on the two befores with the magic markers. Because I've heard people say that before, the church house doesn't matter. What matters are the people. And right over here, right there behind this board, I wrote, "People who say that the church house doesn't matter has never built a church. <laughs> it, it matters." It took a whole lot of money, it took a whole lot of time, a whole lot of volunteer and and work and finances to build this thing. The house matters. Let me express this to you a little bit more. I believe a lot of times because we don't pay attention to the importance of the house and home. You know, at your house, do you take care of your house? Did you treat, or do you treat your house with honor? Because it's important because that's where your family gathers. Do you let your kids run wild and tear up everything in the house? Or do you, do you say, hey, respect the house. Hey, take care of the house. That's something I always tell my kids, even now when I go out of town. Hey, lock my house. Take care of the house. Why? Because I like two-befores and lumber? No, it's not because of that. It's because that's where the family gathers. We'll be displaced if we don't have a house. And I, I'm going somewhere with this. I believe that we have displaced honor Remember that term, displaced honor. Everybody say displaced honor. That's where you honor dishonorable things or where you don't honor the right things because you don't pursue honor. Do you know that his house and how we treat this house, how we deal with this house, it was never meant to be a secondary thought. Let me give you an example. Sometimes we don't, we don't express this, but we express this in the way that we live or the way that we treat his house. I will honor his house when there's nothing better to do with my time. I mean, there are people that live that way. There, there, I mean, those are people that go to other churches. That's not people that go to this church, right? I will honor his house when there's nothing better to do with my time and my resources. I'm not judging us. I'm challenging us. Let me, let me explain something, okay? And these things that I'm talking to you about today, it's going to challenge all of us. This was a very challenging message for me personally as a pastor because this is my job, but it's also, it, it, it becomes routine. There's a passion that we can lose when you're on staff. Let me tell you something. You want me to challenge you with the word of God. Yes, we do, pastor. We want you. <laughs> Thank you. You want me to challenge you. You're not going to hear this anywhere else. What I'm, what I'm about to read you and show you and talk to you about honoring God for the next three weeks, you're not going to hear it in any other environment in your life. 
And these things aren't being preached much in churches, and I think we're missing the point on a lot of this. So these things are not to judge us. These things are, you know, you need to go to church more often. This is not about that. This is about an attitude in how we treat the house of God. And you're not going to hear it anywhere else. So I think it's really important that you hear it from me. I want to challenge us in these areas because I think God has something very special for you. God has something great that he wants to do in your life. But I I think that we, we could be dropping the ball in the way that we honor God and we honor his house. So you do want me to challenge you, right? All right. You know, I I think that that this is very, very important. We live in a time of grace today. We live in the New Testament. But if you really want to know how God thinks, read the Old Testament. You know, you don't have to pay for your sins with your life the way they did in the Old Testament. God doesn't immediately rain down judgment on your life anymore because, not because God doesn't, God's changed his mind about sin. It's just that the price has been paid. In the Old Testament, if, if you didn't give towards the temple, if you didn't tithe, if you didn't live according to God's plan, you were cursed. Your, your land was cursed. Your, your, your life was cursed. They lived under a curse. God would send armies to attack his own people because of how they would fall into adultery. That doesn't happen for us. We don't live under a curse. Somebody has paid the price for the sin. But God didn't change his mind about how he thinks about these things. So if you really want to know how God thinks about honor, dishonor, if you want to know how God thinks about sin, just read the Old Testament and be thankful that we don't live in the Old Testament anymore. Amen? Let me show you something. In Malachi, the first chapter, in the 11th verse, this was a message given to a prophet. Remember, in the times of the Bible, they didn't have a Bible. So God would speak through a prophet, and a prophet was, a, was a kind of an outcast type of character. And he would write down the message that was given to God, and he would stand before the leaders of the congregations, and he would read these kinds of things. He was kind of an illustration of the Bible. So God gave Malachi this scripture or or this message and Malachi reads this to the people now pay attention to this because these are the words of God Malachi 1 and 11 it says I am honored all over the world and there are people who know how to worship me all over the world who honor me by bringing their best to me they're saying it everywhere God is greater this this God of the angel armies all except for you He's talking to his own people. He says, instead of honoring me, you profane me. You profane me with, 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 when you say worship is not important. Church is not that important. And what we bring to worship is of no account. It doesn't matter. And when you say, I'm bored, this doesn't do anything for me. You act so superior, sticking your noses up in the air. Act superior to me, God of the angel armies. And when you offer something to me, it's a hand-me-down or broken, or useless. Do you think I'm going to accept it? This is God speaking to you. I'm a great king, God of the angel armies, honored far and wide. I'll not put up with it. As I read that, it appears that God is offended on how his people are treating him. And I thought to myself, is it, is it possible that my actions towards God, my honor or dishonor to God and how I treat God, how I treat his house, could actually be offensive to a holy God? Could that be so? That, that, that my, you know, my passive attitude 
My giving God my second or third best or leftovers or if, I, if there's nothing else better to do with my time and resources, well, that's, that's the part that, gets, that, that I give to God. Could that actually be offensive to God? I want to tell you something. The whole book of Malachi is God's grievance towards his people because of their lackadaisy treatment of him and his house. Can I ask you a question? I mean, it, it breaks my heart to think that I could offend my Lord. That breaks my heart. Have you ever had to try to explain to a person? Have you ever had to sit down with a person and tell them that how they're treating you is unacceptable? Have you ever had to do that? Have you ever had to convince somebody in your life that you're better than what they're treating you? (laughs) You ever had to do that? That doesn't feel very good, does it? That doesn't feel good. I mean, that, you hate to do that because it's actually a little bit embarrassing because the way that they see you is kind, of superior, is kind of inferior to them. And so you have to say, hey, let me just explain something to you. I'm better than how you're treating me, and how you're treating me is unacceptable, and I ain't doing it anymore. You ever had to say that? Are you a mama here, and you ever had to look in the eyes of your 13, 14-year-old kid and say, let me tell you something. I carried you in my belly for nine months It took me 10 hours of hard labor and they forgot to give me the epidural. And then I wiped your nose and I wiped your behind. And the last thing that I'm going to do is listen to you talk to me that way. I ain't doing it. You ever had to do it? And all the mamas said amen. You ever been in a relationship with somebody, spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend? Hey, look. There are a lot of there are a lot of women out there that would like to have me. You ever had to say that to your spouse? You don't know how good you have it. I am a good wife. I am a good husband. There's a lot of people out there that would like to have what you're taking for granted every single day. I am not going to allow you to treat me that way. I ain't having it. It's not happening. You know what I'm saying? I mean, some, sometimes you've got to bring people to the carpet and to remind them just how wonderful their lives are with you. Right? And that's what God was doing right here. That's exactly what God was doing. He's saying, uh, there's people all over the world that honor me. I'm a good God. I'm a powerful God. I'm worshiped all over the world. Everybody, everybody thinks I'm the greatest God in the world. Your enemies think I'm incredible. Everybody, except for you. What's up with you? We can offend God with our dishonor when we take him for granted, when our half-baked worship, hand-me-down service, uh, the way we treat it, uh, I don't know if I got anything. I might go to church this week if I don't have anything better to do. That's how the church treats the church. I see that so many times. Is it okay if I challenge us just a little bit? Is it okay? This means something. It's only, it's only the hope of the world, Right? It's only the hope of the world. I mean, it's only a matter of heaven and hell. It's only a matter of changing the world. It's only a matter of missions and people on the other side of the world. I know you got it good. We live in the United States. We're blessed. We, I mean, we've got toys and we prosper. And I love where we live. 
but listen, this is a very sacred thing. And how you treat his house and how you honor his house is how you treat God. This is his thing. The church is the bride of Christ. Jesus died for the opportunity for you to be able to come in here and sit down in these padded chairs and sit in air conditioning with all the haze and the spotlights and experience what you experience. And when you honor him through his house, you honor him. Can I ask you something? And I know that we're the church, but I just want to get very real with us today. And and for some reason, it's getting very, very quiet in here. In honor of a loving father that gave his only, that gave his best, who thought so much of you that he held nothing back. That he gave his, his only son. How do you honor God and how do you treat his house? Man, I have one son and I've only ever had one son. But if I stepped into an environment where I had to, he had to give his life, if he, had to, if he had to give his life in the military or something like that, I would want people to honor that. You know what I'm saying? I would, I would, and if I thought that you were in any way dishonored, we would have words. And that's an understatement. You know what I'm saying? In view of a God that has given so much and held nothing back. Let me ask you something. How do you honor him and how do you honor his house? Because how you honor his house is a reflection of how you honor him. And let me just say it like this. How you treat his house is a reflection of how you treat your God. You believe that? I mean, I had to read it a couple of times. And I had to reflect on it in my life. How I treat his house is a reflection of him because Jesus is all about his house. Jesus is all about his church. The church is a building, but it's a place where his his family comes together. It's a place where his bride gathers. Is it a secondary thought? Does it get your leftover secondhand worn out efforts? Where does his house line up in your priorities? This is something that we all have to ask all of ourselves This is something that I personally have to ask myself as a pastor. I'm not asking you this because I want you to feel judged. I'm not judging anybody. I want you to feel challenged. I want you to do inventory on your life. I want you to do inventory on your family. I want you to think about this for a second. And I want you to consider this. Because in Malachi, the third chapter and the 10th verse, it says this. You see, God has something that he wants to do in your life. But it comes as we recognize and express honor towards him. Did you hear that? This, did you hear that? Because this is not about God wanting you to behave differently. It's, it's the fact that God blesses disobedience and God moves through our honor for him. It's about that God wants to do something significant in your life as you understand and as you walk in honoring him. In Malachi 3 and 10 it says, if you return to me or if you honor me, I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. I want you to think about that, that, that heaven has windows. And I know that this is symbolic, but, but just think for a second of the possibility of a physical window. That heaven has windows. And windows can be open and windows can be shut. 
And he says this, if you will return to me and if you will, if you, basically he's saying, if you will honor me, what happens is God opens up the windows of heaven, of heaven on our lives and he pours out. I, I think it's interesting that he doesn't say we, we sprinkle and we spray out blessings. That's not what he says. He says, I will pour out blessings. And I'm going to talk more about this scripture because this is talking about the tithe. But this is also, tithe is about honoring God. So could it be that in your life, the things that you're praying that God would move on your behalf, could it be that it is an issue of honor, that there are windows in heaven that are shut from, from God moving in your life, not because he doesn't want to do something in your life, but, but, he's, but because he's trying to teach you about the area of honor that we're lacking. And, and God is not going to bless dishonor. God is not going to bless us if we do not honor him. So could it be that the windows of heaven are shut maybe on your healing? Could it be the windows are shut maybe on your, on your abundant life, on your blessing, on your, proster, on your prosperity, on your answered prayer? Could it be windows are shut? And as we begin to honor God, God says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and I'm going to bless you. I've got more for you than you understand. I've got more if you will step across that line and begin to honor me. I want you to just to let that sink in. That our honor towards God opens up the windows of heaven. Could we be missing this? And that's what I was thinking as I wanted to challenge us today, that God has more for you. God is, God is better than we treat him. And God has more for us if we will step into an area of honor. Let me pray with you today. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord for speaking to us today and I believe that you want to minister to everybody that's here and I hope and I trust that we all understand honor and maybe today Lord we've, we've taken a step in our understanding so wherever we are or whatever we need speak to your people today in the name of Jesus as your heads are bowed I want to talk to you just for a second I want to talk to the church Maybe you're here and you can say, Travis, this is an area that I need to grow in. I believe that you have heard a critical message that doesn't get preached very often to churches. But the thing about this is it challenges to live for God. And as you live for God, God begins to open up some things in your life. Maybe that's you. You can say, Travis, I need to grow in the area of honoring God. It's not about whether or not I... I live for God, or I've, tr I've trusted in God with my life, but I'm not honoring him in this area. Maybe it's you haven't honored God with your lifestyle. Maybe it's you haven't honored God with your time. Maybe it's you haven't honored his house the way you should. And as you're doing inventory, as, as you feel God is speaking to you about certain areas, I want to pray with you right now in this moment, this holy moment that God is speaking to you. Dear Lord, I thank you for your church. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. I thank you for challenging us. Even if there are things in our lives that we, we don't like to hear, you challenge us because you have something better for us. You challenge our way of thinking because you want us to think differently. You challenge our lifestyles because you want us to live differently because you have something better for us. There's something better in store. I pray, Lord, that Whatever in our lives causes us to dishonor you, that we let go of it. 
I pray that if there's any distraction that would keep us from honoring you, that we release it from our lives. And may Faith Co. Church be a church that honors you and gives you glory. And I thank you for this church. And I thank you for this house. I pray, Lord, that we honor you through your house in the name of Jesus. If you believe this, say amen. As you, as you continue to bow your heads, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. I've been talking about honoring God with your life, and you've listened to this. I've, this is more of a message that was directed towards believers. But maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. He's not Lord and Savior of your life. And God has been speaking to you, and you feel an urge on the inside of you to, that you are to honor God with your life. Let me tell you something. You were meant for something else. You were meant for so much more than just your own life. God has something special that he wants to do, but it comes through knowing him, by surrendering your life and your will to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I take on your purpose for my life. And you can do that today. If you don't live for God, he's not Lord and Savior of your life. You can do that today. And I'll, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Let me say this. I won't embarrass you. I won't ask you to come down here. I won't single you out in any way. I just want you to say a prayer with me. And we'll all pray it together. I would like to know, however, if I'm praying for people. So if you can say that with nobody looking around, just between you, me, and God, if you can say, Travis, if you'll say that prayer, I'm going to pray it with you. Today I'm going to give my life to God. Maybe for you, you've never asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior for life. Or maybe at some point in your life, you lived for God, but you walked away from him. He never walks away from us. But maybe today you want to rededicate your life to Christ. I'd like to lead you in a prayer. You just say this prayer with us, and today you can surrender your life to God. I'd like to know if I'm praying for people. So between you, me, and God, if you can say, Travis, if you'll pray that prayer, I'm going to pray it with you right now. Real quickly, just slip your hand up and slip it down. That's me, Travis. I'm going to give my life to Christ today, and I'm going to pray that prayer with you. Does anybody say that? Just let me know if you're serious. If not, I'm going to move on. I'm going to ask one more time. Travis, that's me. I'm going to give my life to Christ, and I'd like for you to pray that prayer, and I'm going to pray it with you. Can anybody say that? Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord for this day and thank you for bringing us here today and thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you in your house I pray Lord that we honor you in all that we do I pray that we honor you as we reach our friends that don't know you I pray God that you will fill this house with people with with those that are lost fill this house with people God that are hungry for you fill this house with people that need to be saved and Lord may we honor you with our lives in all that we do May the, the way we live our lives, the way we serve you, the way that we work and all that we do, may it bring glory to you and honor of you. May we live in such a way in front of our unbelieving friends that they want to be part of your kingdom. And we thank you for this, Father. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said...